Gewalt, beautiful. Today's daf, here we go. Today's daf is daf sadivov, page 96. And Heli Gimbasech is Babakama, Perka goes Leitzim. And we are towards the bottom of Tzadi Heim at Beis 95V. We are up to Omar Le Ravina Le Ravashi, which is six, seven lines from the bottom of the daf. All right, first words on the line. Omar Le Ravina Le Ravashi. So now let's just remind ourselves of which halacha we're, uh, we're, we're coming off of. Yaakov lends money to Reuven. And he now has a lien on Reuven's property. Shimon purchases the land from Reuven for $100. Reuven defaults on his loan to Yaakov. Says Shmuel, Yaakov could go and take the land from Shimon because he had a lien on it, right? Now, if Shimon were to have put money into the property, Shmuel said, Yaakov could take the whole property still, but he has to compensate Shimon for his additional investments that he made in the property. So if he was owed, if Yaakov was owed however much money, $1,000, $2,000. Any money that existed, any value that existed in the land before improvement, that, that's what he owns. That's what the creditor can come take. The buyer, however, Shimon, could demand payment for investments that he made in the property. That's where we pick up. We're going to challenge that. Is it true that the, we'll call the lender the creditor, Mamish? Again, to what we spoke about with Yimin Hamarv, right? This week's parsha, the midst of lending money. The the lender can he uh, that this that he's obligated to pay the buyer for all the money that he put into the field, but he takes the field. Is that halacha true? Is it true that Shmuel says that a lender has to pay the buyer for all of the gains that he put into the property. Is that true? But Shmuel also says, collects the shvach, shvach, the gains, the value that it went up, and which seems to imply he doesn't need to pay for it. He's gaiva. If you, that land is yours, because you had a lien on it, somebody else made improvements, you collect it. It's yours. doesn't seem to imply with payment. I'll tell you. Depends. What does it depend on? How much money you wrote. So like this. Yaakov lent money to Ruvain. He has a lien on Ruvain's field. Ruvain sold the field to Shimon for $1,000. See, Ruvain owed Yaakov $2,000. He sold to Shimon for $1,000. Shimon put investments into that field. And now Yaakov's coming to take it. How much does Yaakov need to pay Shimon? says, depends. If the field is overvalued, meaning it has more value than you're owed, you have to pay for that additional value. But if, if even with the improvements that Shimon put in, it's still not more than what you're owed, you can go take all of it. Ah, Shimon put the money in? Okay, so he has to go back to Ruben and collect it. You say, Reuven, listen, you have to compensate me for the field that I bought from you that was now taken away and for the investments that I put into the field. 
But if it's but uh, Yaakov only has to compensate him if it's more than the value of his loan. Amar says to him, But this this happens all the time. And Shmuel would have let them take the property. Even if it reaches to the full amount of the loan. So it's not true. You, you can't make that limitation on Shmuel's statement. Amalei says to him, like Kasha, there's no question. Top of today's daf. Kan, ha, the masik bay kashir ara vishivcha, ha, the lay masik bay ella kashir ara. Okay? It depends how big of a, it depends how big of a claim you have. If you have a, a big claim, then uh, he can still take the, from the improvements, because he's owed more money, like we said, but obviously you'll pay back, um, uh, Ruvain is going to have to compensate Shimon for the, for the, um, Added value that he put in. This makes sense if you hold uh, that even if the buyer Shimon has money, he cannot push off Yaakov. Then this makes sense because even if the debt only equals the value of the land, the uh, what we'll call Yaakov can go collect the land and everything else because he needs to be compensated. Since I could have pushed you off with money, and uh, if, if I would have had the money, so at least give me a piece of land that's equal to my investments, which means like this. Yaakov's coming to Shimon to collect the land that he had a lien on. There's a machlaikas whether or not Shimon could push him off with money. Let's say Shimon really wanted the land. Push him off. You mean satisfying? Yeah, satisfying him. Satisfying him with money. Could Shimon go to Reuven and say, listen, I know you have a lien on this field, but Reuven could have paid you off, so I also, I'm just going to pay you off. I prefer to hold on to this field. I think it's a good investment. I want this field, and I already invested in it, and I made improvements, and, and there's a lot of gains. So there's a machlaik as whether or not he could do that. Whether or not Shimon has a right to push it off, whether Yaakov could say, no, I have a lien on this field, and that was a risk you took when you bought it. If you're going to say that he could push him off with money, says the Gemara, so then we have, it's kind of like a, a, a migu logic, like a sense logic, let Shimon say to him, the, uh, migu, sense, like, let uh, Shimon say to him, sense if I would have money. I could satisfy you, uh, I could satisfy you with money. So now that I don't have money, okay, and I don't, uh, there's no way for me to pay you off, so at least give me a piece of land that's equal to the gains that I put in, that I put in. Because I'm going to limit you to whatever you, uh, I'm, I'm going to limit you to whatever you're owed. So let's say like this, let's say Yaakov was owed $1,000. And Shimon made improvements to the land, and the land is now worth $1,800. So Yaakov could go and take the, take the land and say, I had a lien on it. So it depends. If you hold that really Shimon could push him off with value, why don't we allow him to push him off with value of the land and hold on to a piece of the land and say, I'm giving you the value that you were owed the same way if I would have cash. I could just give you that value. On Marles, he says back to him, let me explain to you the case what happened was Ruvain, the borrower and seller, right? He borrowed from Yaakov and sold it to Shimon. 
he established this piece of land as an apaitiki. An apaitiki is an acronym for apaita hekai, which means there's a couple ways to establish a lien. Either you could say that somebody has a lien on all your property, or you could say that you have a lien specifically on this. That's an apaitiki. Apaita hekai. You have a lien on this and this alone. That was the that was the agreement. Which means, if, let's say something goes wrong, somebody borrows a hundred dollars and they establish a cow as the apaitiki, and the cow dies. There's no there's no longer any. Uh, um, insurance on the loan. You don't have a, you don't have a lien anymore because you established no paytiki. So the uh, Amarle, because he says to him, that you can only collect payment from this field. And since there was a pre-existing agreement between Yaakov and Reuven, that all he could collect from is this field. So now Shimon, the buyer, cannot stop Yaakov from taking possession of the property, even with money. Everybody would agree because we don't want an apaitiki. So even money is not going to push him off. And since money is not going to be able to push him off, all the land is going to go to Ruvain, even with all the enhancements that was made inside of it. Okay. Here we go. Omar Rabba Rabba says, Get ready for this. Somebody steals a piece of land. Or, I'm sorry, not land. He did not steal land. Somebody stole a shirt. And you dye the shirt. You raise its value. And then you sell it. Or you stole it. Raised its value. And then it kind of dies. So now who has the shirt? His kiddos. His kiddos. His kids. Whatever he... Made better all the shvachi machar he sold, and masha hishbiach and what he added has been given over to the kids. Okay, and this goes back to what we said yesterday about a mechsa shlish which means this guy stole a shirt. The shirt was valued at twenty five dollars at the time that he took it. Then he dyed it, so it's now worth forty dollars. Allah is the kids if the owner comes, right, or the kids want to help their father do tshuva after he dies, right, they, want to, they don't want to walk around with, with, with the stuff that he stole, they can return it, but tell the original owner that you owe us money, because our father stole $25, and now it's worth, now it's worth $40. By Rabba, Rabba says, Shailas, a question searching for information, what happens if somebody steals something, sells it, and the buyer raised its value? What's the halacha? After he asked the Shaila, he answered himself. He said, What did this guy sell? And he writes that come to his hand. And therefore, if the thief himself would have rights to the value if he raised the money, the buyer also has rights to the value. By Robert, I the question searching for information. What is the Allah if a guy raised the value? What is this talking about? A guy stole from a yid, and he raised uh, and he raised the value. So is the halacha of a guy a guy is going to be any different? I don't understand. Um, I don't understand what your conversation here even even is. What are you even asking? Why would we allow the guy is to keep the gains. Why would we do that? Okay? Remember like this. 
Why is it that if I steal something worth $100, raise its value to 120 and now I want to return it, that I could tell the original owner to pay me the $20? Why is that? Because we want to make it easier to do tshuva. And we know that if a yid who we want to do tshuva invested in something that he stole, he put the effort in, and then we tell him we're going to have to give it back with all the added value, it might make him hesitant to do tshuva. So we say, you know what? Give it back, and the extras the owner will pay. But by a guy, we don't have that logic. We're not trying to encourage tshuva. On, uh, not, not trying to encourage tshuva on the guy. He says, The guy stole it and then sold it to a yid who made it better. So now, again, we have the logic of takana sashav. He should just take on the status of and um, and uh, there shouldn't be the kanasashavim. You should you, the the ganav or the buyer should not be able to keep the extras. Says What happened was like this. What's the case of the guy? A yid stole it, sold it to a guy. The guy invested in it, raised its price. And then after raising the price, he sold it to a yid. My Since we started with a Yisrael stealing it. And now it's Yisrael at the end. Make their decree to ensure that things go back to its original form. And they make the Kanas Since there's a guy in the middle who we're not really concerned about um, his, uh, his tshuva. did not make a takana and... The owner does not need to pay. The original owner would not need to pay the guy for the enhancements that he made. It says, we're unsure. We're unsure what Allah would be in such a case. Okay. Here we go. Get ready for this. A guy steals a palm tree. Steals a palm tree from the back of our shul. Mom is right here, yeah? Got three trees over here. The cut lady chops it down. Even though it fell from one area of land to another area of land, like Connie, he does not acquire it. It's not his. Incredible. If somebody chops down a tree, it doesn't give you ownership. It doesn't give you ownership. So what? Says Rashi, you always need to give the actual tree back. You don't need to pay for it. That tree is no. dead, but it has it value. Palm tree has value. It has value. There's yeah. the wood and the thing. So, okay. So that palm tree is going to belong to its original owner. The original owner owns it. My time, why? Meikara dikla mikri, because before it was called the palm tree, Hashtanami Tikla Mikri, and now also it is called a date palm tree. So it's not considered a Shine Hashem. It's not considered a change. Uh, it's not considered a change in the name at all. Says the Gemara, Tikla Vavid Guvi Laikani. Let's say you stole a palm tree and you chopped it into firewood. You also do not acquire it. Okay? Hashtamias. The thief doesn't acquire it? If he stole a palm tree and turned it into logs, he doesn't acquire it, right? It's not his. Even though he possesses it. Yeah, it's not considered possessing it. It's not considered possessing it. It's like this. If I were to take that off, your thing off the table right there, it's not mine. That's correct. It's not mine. But you do possess it. You don't no, no, you're, you're holding it. You're holding it. 
It's not you consider your possessions halachically. It's not considered your possession halachically. Because here now it's still called a palm tree, a cut up palm tree. Let's say you stole wood and you turn them into beams, then you do acquire it. Kishuri Ravarvi, Vavdinu Kishuri Zutri, like honey, bigger beams and smaller beams, you don't acquire it. Avdinu Kitsayukani, if you made beams into Kitsyasa, which is boards, that also would be considered an acquisition. So the Gemara just ex- expressing different circumstances where sometimes if it keeps the same name and its same uh, abilities, it's not considered an acquisition and it would still belong to the owner. But if you do change its abilities and name, then it would be considered, it would belong to the uh, belong to the Ganov now. And he'd still, obviously, still be obligated to reimburse the original owner. Okay. Uh, um, with the scenario, uh, we're putting the Ganov into business. Yeah. Yeah. But Takana Sashavim, we want to make it easier for him to chuva. Amar Rav says, Hi, man, because Oliva, Avdino, Hutsi, Kani. Person who steals a lulav. And what did he do with it? He makes lulav rings. Alright? He makes lulav rings. What he says is he takes off the leaves from the palm. The, the palm. You know what a lulav is called in English? A palm frond. He pulls the leaves off the palm frond. You take the palm frond and the citron. Right? That's, the, uh, that's how you'd say it. And the myrtle and the willow. So before it was called a lulav and now it's called leaves. What happens if you took leaves that were already torn off the lulav and you made chufya? What's chufya? Huh? That means rings. No, chufya means um, you made a a broom. A broom. A broom. You made a broom, right? Something that you clean with. You take all that and you. You change its usage. So then, Kani, you do acquire it. Because four was leaves, and now it's called a broom. Let's say you took these leaves that are tied together, in a, like a broom, and you made a shashura. Shashura is like a, uh, um, a uh, strings, strings of leaves. You, you, you attach them to each other. So then, like Kani, you don't acquire it. My time up. Because you could undo it And go back to the way it was So the change has to be like a total change in usage And functionality From here on forth If you could just undo it It's not considered a real change Boy, if Papa, if Papa has a question searching for information Ah Mahu going back to Sukkah Yeah How does a lulav become puzzle? Primarily these other ways But what's the primary way for to become puzzle? The middle leaf splits in two Okay, so it is Sukkis. We're coming right up to Sukkis. And I steal a lulav. And you know what I do with it? I tear the middle leaf. So now whoever the original owner was cannot use it on Sukkot. So he lost all the lulav value. Nitlat Yaimis, puzzle. The lulav is now puzzle. Top Bumbabes. My love, who I get in the nachla, who I did the nachla. Are we going to say the same thing holds true if the um, the uh, second leaf was uh, was split and therefore it should be considered a, a change? Like nit l'shani d'hachasale. Yeah, when you uh, take it off, then it's a bigger problem because now the lulav is lacking. If it just split, the entire lulav is there. So shkayach, you can't do a mitzvah with it, but it's not as much of a 
change. No, if you split the middle leaf, it's as if you ripped it off. It's as if you ripped it off. And the lulav is puzzle, and you ruined the whole thing, and you made a real change in it. Bottom line is, you learn from here, if somebody steals a lulav and makes it puzzle, you can't give the lulav back to the owner without paying. You can't just say, here's your lulav I gave you. Look, the whole lulav's here. Yep, you took a kosher lulav, now it's a puzzle lulav, and you're going to be obligated to pay the original owner, even though you're giving back every last leaf that, uh, that you took. Omar of Papa, Papa says, Somebody steals dirt from his friend, and you make a levena out of it. A levena. Levenas are bricks. Like honey, you didn't acquire it. It's not considered a change to make earth into bricks. My time, why not? The hodar, mashvile afro. You could just grind up the bricks and it's going to be earth again. Levinsa, what happens if you stole a brick? Vaabde offered and he made it into dirt. Mahu, earth, what is the Allah? My Amri, the Mahadar, Vaabde, Levinsa says, Gemara, well, here too, why don't we say. Excuse me? Here too, why don't we say. That you could make it into a brick again, so it's not a permanent change. Guess what? I'll tell you, it is a permanent change. You know why? If you take a brick, break it down into earth, and you rebuild that earth, it's not the same brick. It's not the same brick. It's a new brick. It's a whole new phase. Mamish Gewalt. Mamish Gewalt. Earth is Gashmias. Earth is gufni. You take a brick, you take a person, and you, I'm broken down, but I build myself back up. I'm pushing, not the same person I was before. I'm a naya person, bread person. You break it down, build it back up. Absolutely, but you're built, you're built back up into, into a, a new entity. This is the godless of great mechanchem, of great educators. They say the Alter Slabodka was a master of... T- uh, Understanding people in a way that he guided them how to tear themselves apart and build themselves back up with a beautiful fabric and a whole new uh, in a whole new way of godless uh, godless Adam. It's mamish, mamish, It's 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 a new reality. It's a new entity. Viyamar of Papa under Papa says. Somebody who steals a a bar of silver and he makes zuzim, he makes coins out of it. Why, Connie? It's not, you haven't acquired it. My time, because you could melt it down and make a, a bar of silver again. Zuze, but if you stole coins, and you melt down the coins into silver, then, Connie, you did acquire it. My, uh, uh, my Amrit, we're going to say, you can make them coins again, again, it's going to be a brand new coin. It's, 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 a whole new, uh, it's a whole new minting. And therefore, it's a complete change, and it's considered an acquisition. Shechimei, what happens if you have uh, ruined coins? And you make them like new. You mamish scrub it up and do beautiful. Like Connie, it's not considered an acquisition because these things aren't permanent. They're going to get dirty again. But if it was new and now you made them uh, darkened, then you have acquired it. My You could scrape it again. It's always known if it was uh, dirty and refixed or whether it is brand new.
The Mishnah says, this is the rule, all gazlonim pay from the time that they stole. Whatever the Mishnah says, this rule is coming to include an additional case that's not mentioned. What is that case? Let's include the case of Rabbi Law who says, If you steal a little sheep, a little lamb, and then it becomes mature, gets older, and now it's no longer Mary's little lamb. A galvanasashar, you steal a calf and it becomes an ox. It's considered like a change happened in your domain. And you do acquire it. You're going to have to pay for what you stole. But the mice of the animal is now yours. And therefore, if he shechts it or sells it now, guess what? You do not need to pay. You know why? Because you shechted your thing. So you need to pay double for what you took originally, but the four or five times. It's not considered that you, you shechted or sold the other, fellow's, uh, the other fellow's property. Go ahead, Dave. So it's only, the only value I pay is when it was a little lamb? Correct. Correct. That's what you took. That's what you took. There was a person, the Gazal Padana, the a person who stole two oxen from his friend, Azal Karav. Azal, he went. Karav Behu. He plowed with them Karba, a furrow, Zara Behu, and he seeded with them Zara seeds. So he stole two oxen, and he plowed with them and seeded with them. Lesaif Adrin Lamari. And then he brought it back to the owner. Steve, listen closely. This is a case you don't like. Zil, go, Shumu, Shivcha, Di Ashkach. Not only do you have to pay back the oxen, he says, I want to know what he gained with his friend's oxen. It's bothering you yesterday. You can't work your friend's oxen and not pay. I would agree. Yeah? I know you would agree. Okay? Omele Rav, Rav says, Turi Eshbach, Arale One second. One second. Did you steal the ox or did you steal the land? Just because the land went up in value doesn't tell you anything specifically about the oxen. The land went up in value because land grows itself. Hashem grows land. Oxen don't grow land. And the sun helped to grow. And so the rain. An ox itself does nothing. An ox could dance in circles and, and, and make hakafas uh, on Simchas with furrows from today till tomorrow. If other things don't help it grow, the ox doesn't help it grow. It says, well, you're right. I'm not saying... Now, the question is, why are you telling me to pay for the oxen plus the improvements to the land? Well, the oxen just dug a holes. Improvements to the land come from other things too. So he says, well, I'm, I'm not saying you pay the whole gain in land. Part of it. He says, bottom line is, when you steal something, what do you got to give back? The thing you stole. That's it. The Tanan, our Misha says, call Ganovim or Gazlanim, pay at the time the value that you stole it. And that's it. So why are you paying gains in the land? Omar Lehi says to him, He says, stop questioning me. My friend said, Me and Shavar Malka referring to Shmuel. We are brothers in judgment. What this means is we are the biggest experts 
in in uh, financial matters. Ha inish gaz lanasa atikahu and ubeina deekdesay. He says, you know something? Don't argue with me. I know what I'm talking about. I know what I'm talking about. And besides for that, I'm best in the field. I'm best in the business. As far as Psaq Halacha, nobody messes with me. And the reason why I'm right and you're wrong is because an expert in financial matters has a right to put fines on people who consistently sin in areas of finances. Hence, this guy who stole the two oxen has a track record. Okay? No, it's not the first time he stole. He has a track record. And you're right, usually if it would be his first time, all I could tell him to do is give back the oxen. But since it's not his first time, I'm fining him. And the fine that I'm putting on him is give back the oxen plus the added value that the oxen brought to the land that, uh, that it worked for you. Okay. Brand new mission. Here we go. We quoted this mission in Gemara earlier. You want to do two for 30 years later. Everything you stole is now older. Okay, so you have to pay the value of at the time that you stole. If you steal a lawnmower in 2023, if if you steal a lawnmower and now it's 2024, you stole it in the year 2000. You can't just give the 24-year-old lawnmower back to its original owner. Okay, you have to give the value of what you took. That's true by... Objects and things like that. You should know about by servants, by by slaves. Even if you hold on to the slave for a few years, you can say to the owner, "Behold, this is your servant," and you don't have to give anything else. Even though the servant is much older, the reason for that is something that we learned throughout the Masechta is that avodim have the same law as karka, same law as real estate. Okay, shava. The the psukim compare. Uh, compare the laws of Evid to the laws of Karka. And since Karka, there's no change in status from year to year, so too, um, so too by Avadim. Now, yeah, because I never, t- it's, it's con- Karka, you can't steal real estate. It's not considered stolen in the first place. So Avadim too, it's, you're, you're right, I caused the loss of your usage for the past number of years. Because I took it, but it's not considered like I stole it. So it's not even considered now like I'm returning you something of lesser value. It's as if it was in your property. It was just lost for a number of years. Okay, we'll get into this. Gazal Matbeya, if somebody uh, steals a coin, okay? Let's say you steal $1,000 from somebody. The Nizdak. Nizdak means it's no longer usable. It cracked. It's no longer usable. I steal a dollar bill, tear it up, give you back a bunch of pieces. I give it back to you. No, you didn't. Right. Pay rice for Akiva. What if I stole fruits and they became spoiled? Yai, and I stole wine. Vehichmetz, and now it's vinegar. Mushalim kishasakzela. You got to pay the value that, that, of the time that you stole it. Matbeya v'nifsal. What about this? What happens if, you know, I don't know what a Russian ruble is worth now. I don't know. Let's say before... The Iron Curtain fell. Uh, actually, I don't, I don't even know what I'm talking about with the Russian ruble. Let, let, let's, let's stick with the American dollar. In the, in the, late, in the mid to eight, late 1800s, uh, a working man, I was told, would be paid three rubles 
for his work for a year. Three rubles for a year for his work in the mid 1800s. Okay. Be it as it may. Let's say you have a currency of a country that is no longer existent, it's conquered. So. Confederate money. Yeah, I don't know. Fine. Confederate money. Maybe people will buy that on eBay. I have no clue. Maybe it has value. Um, but basically, you, you steal a currency, and then a currency just like loses. There's, there's nothing anymore. Okay? So it becomes, becomes puzzle, becomes disqualified. Um, tomorrow's daf, we'll get into uh, how, how it happened. Truma v'nitmes, you, you steal truma, and you made a tummy. So now it's not usable anymore. Chametz v'vapesach, you stole chametz on Purim. On Purim. You stole chametz on Purim, and then you hold on to it for two months. And after Pesach, you want to give it back. Now the guy can't use it anymore. Because you know, you, uh, when you stole it, it had value. You're giving it back to me after Pesach. There's nothing I can do with it. Yeah? Or you steal an animal and an Avera, which prohibits benefit, was done with it. So there's bestiality. It's used for Avayda Zara. It's not capable of being brought on the, on the uh, Mizbeach anymore. It has a mum, let's say, a blemish. Uh, it's being taken out to be stoned In all these cases The Ganav could tell the original owner Listen, here's your animal back Here's your, here's your item back he, 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 can? he can If I steal your truma and it becomes tame, I could give your truma back If I steal your chametz on Purim And now it's after Pesach And you cannot benefit from it Says the Mishnah In all these cases You could say Because We'll get in the Gemara. Why? But let's just point something out. There is no actual change in the item itself. The whole change is in the usage right. of the item. The See, that's it. See, if the coin cracked, it's your responsibility. Here, it's an outside thing that's causing the problem. It's an outside problem. It happened to be we went over Pesach. It happened to be something tummy touched it but the, the truma is still the truma it looks exactly the same it talks exactly the same it does exactly the same it's just tummy when nothing changes physically in that which I stole you could say to the owner now th- this is shocking to many of us so we'll need the Gemara to explain so let's get into this says the Gemara this when you steal an animal or uh, you know when it gets older doesn't mean that my just got older. It's it's true. Even if the animal became weak, of Why'd you say it became old? Because it's referring to an illness like age, which the same way an eighty-year-old does not become thirty again. Yeah, I mean, unless you go to a good mechanic, and he turns back your odometer. Uh, but an 80-year-old cannot become a 30-year-old again. So too, when it comes to weakness, we're done with a, even a permanent weakness, even though it's a, we're done with a, a permanent weakness. You steal a little lamb, and it becomes an idol, becomes a ram. A calf becomes an ox. You cannot... If, Became a change in your possession, and you you now own it. Therefore, if you shechted to sell it, you don't pay four or five times. It was now yours. Didn't I say to you, don't change names of people you are quoting? That should be in the name of 
you, you should have quoted that in the name of Rebbe Ila. Okay, which means I agree with your halacha. I'm just quoting. Uh, I disagree with who you're quoting. If you steal a slave, and now it's 10 years later, you want to do tshuva, even though the slave's body is older, you could say, Practically speaking, follows Rameir. This is true. If you steal a Ganav, if you steal in, in Eved, you could say, There's no problem. Why? Because it's like real estate, and you can't really steal in Eved. It's considered like it's been in the, in the domain of the original owner the entire time. Rav Shavik Rabban above the Mayor says the Gemara, I don't understand. Why would Rav Paskin like Rav Meir instead of, instead of the Rabbanon? That is a very unusual thing. The Rabbanon means usually a number of Rabbanon. Why would you pass like the individual opinion? I mean, they said, Mishum de Brisa Ibchatanya, because the Brisa switched around the opinions, and he was really passing like the Rabbanon, but the Brisa quoted the Rabbanon the way that we're quoting Rav Meir's opinion over here. Why would Rav follow the opinion of how the the Brisa quotes uh, the Machlekes Sidra Veyer and Rabbana switching it around? He should follow the way that our Mishnah does it because generally, generally, if you have a Mishnah and Brisa that argue, the Mishnah outweighs the Brisa. The difference between a Mishnah and Brisa is they're both from the same era, but Mishnayas were more widely accepted and able to be used to Paskin Halacha. So Rabbi put it into Rabbi Rebuda Nasi put it into Mishnayis. Brises were not. So Brises are considered to be a little weaker than Mishnayis. So why would Ravashi follow the opinion of the Brises as opposed to, as opposed to our Mishnah? It says, Because it wasn't just the Brises that he learned the opposite. He learned that he quoted our Mishnah different. Why would Rav change the Mishnah to agree with the Brisa? Maybe change the Brisa to agree with the Mishnah. Amri, Rav, Nami, Masnison, Ibcha, Asne. That he's not changing anything. That's how he learned the Mishnah. He's not here to change anybody's opinion. He learned the Mishnah to have the same approach as the Brisa. Viva Yisema, or another possible approach is, Kilai Ipich, when don't we switch around a, a Mishnah to work out with a Brisa? That is, when it's one against one. If I have a Mishnah one way and a Brisa one way, we're not going to change the Mishnah for the Brisa. However, if I have one Mishnah quoted one way, quoting Machlekes one way, and two Brises, two separate Brises, using the opposite approach, then we do follow two Brises and say that that is more authentic than the one Mishnah. How do you know that? The Tanya, because learned in the Brisa, Hamachlef Parah Bechamar. Somebody swaps a cow for a donkey. Violda, and the cow is a baby. Okay. Um, very good. And the cow is a baby. Now, we don't know when that baby was born. Somehow, some way. Sometimes you hear about women who give birth, they didn't even know they were pregnant. Somehow, some way, they switched, like a financial transaction. I need donkeys, you need cows. So we, we do a swap ski. Now, there's a calf next to the cow. Now, we don't know where this came from. Was, before, was the birth before the swap? Then it belongs to the first owner of the cow. If it's after the swap, maybe it belongs to the 
guy who originally owned the donkey, because now he's getting the cow and anything that comes along with it. It only counts, it only counts, it only counts when the cow is born or when it's pregnant. No, I, I gave over the... Yeah, so if, if it was separate from the cow's body, if the calf was already separated from the cow's body at the time of the swap, so then the owner of the donkey should not get it. The original owner of the donkey should not get it. Okay. Depends when it was born. If Again, if it was born after the swap, then it was included in the swap. If it was born before the swap, it wasn't included in the swap. Seems pretty simple. Right. No. Okay, well, we just don't know. We just don't know when this, when this cow was born. Somebody sells a shivcha kananis, and she also gives birth. Okay. So we don't know whether you purchased a pregnant shivcha or a shivcha already gave birth, and therefore her child still belongs to the original owner. So one of them says, I know that she gave birth in my domain. The other guy's quiet. He's like, I don't know. The one who says that I know what's going on, he gets the schus. One guy says, I don't know when the baby was born. The other guy says, I don't either know. Then they split the value. Split the value. One guy says she gave birth in my rishos. The other guy says, in my rishos. So in the first case, one guy said it's mine. The other guy said, I don't know. What happens if both of them are confident that it's theirs? Okay? We said, let the seller swear that it was born in his, uh, you know, while it was still in his property. And therefore, I still get the baby, he says. The baby's mine because it was born before the swap. Whenever you swear, you're the one who doesn't need to pay. There's no oaths that you take about Arvadim or Karkais. Says the Gemara. Now, if it's true that Rav changes around the, the Mishnah, um, so then why do you say Allah Kerav Meir? You say Allah is like the Rabbanan, because the Rabbanan are the ones who say the opinion of Rav Meir. What he means to mean is According to you who's quoting Rav Meir incorrectly Then Allah Hakar Rav Meir But I change it around And I actually hold That the Rabbanon were the ones Who uh, That the Rabbanon were, were, were the ones Who had that opinion Okay We're going to hold it here We're at the very very bottom of the daf I'm going to pick up to the top of tomorrow's daf Is going to be kind of a, a Continuation But really it's a new conversation as well, it's a continuation of what we learned prior, but it's going to be a new conversation of, we know that karka in and exelas, land cannot be stolen. You can't steal real estate. It's not movable, really. You can take over usage of it, but you can't, like, steal it. And we're saying that a slave has the same status as real estate. We're going to be, the tomorrow sugya is going to be questioning the truth of that and how, you know, how and why. And Bezhen will pick up from the top of Datsadi Zion at 6 p.m. tomorrow, hopefully from Yerushalayim. Have a wonderful, wonderful evening.